from jolly old England, it's the Ayn Rand Center UK's Daily Objective with Jonathan Honig from CapitalistBig.com. And we're delighted to have you with us. For philosophical discussions, your super chat, hijinks, laughter, and of course, learning about Ayn Rand's objectivism. Students working together, learning together, improving our lives together, part of a global worldwide movement. And we are happy to have you with you. I'm happy to have you with you to, uh, me today. This is the Ayn Rand Center UK once again at Jonathan Honig. And I do think we have a really exciting, fun episode planned for you today. Now, I'm not kidding about the Super Chats. There's no one here besides me putting on this presentation for you today. And in fact, there's not a lot of staff or people at the Ayn Rand uh, Center UK either. It is one man with a great vision, Rosie Ginsburg, who keeps all of this programming going towards you for you day in, day out, hundreds of hours of programming a month. Um, that's all brought to you basically free of charge, but we need your support. We're traders, we need you to trade with us. So we're giving you hours of interesting application of Ayn Rand's philosophy, exploration of some of her texts, interviews and one-on-ones with literally some of the biggest names in objectivism, like James Valiant, like Harry Binswanger. So we're bringing all this content to you for basically free. So be a trader and share some of your savings with us so we can, can keep providing some really interesting and compelling content to you. The best way to do it is the super chat. To shekels, to pounds, to euro, to dinar, to lira, we will, to Bitcoin, to ether, we will take it all um, happily and put it towards spreading Ayn Rand's culture and hopefully learning together. And I think I have a, I think I have a pretty interesting presentation for you today. Something, I guess we could say of the season, if there's can't imagine there's a lot of folks on this chat, or maybe there are celebrating the, the, the Passover Easter holidays. You know, it kind of got me thinking, what the fuck with Moses? We don't hear a lot about him anymore, right? I mean, this guy pulled some miracles. Uh, Moses parted the Red Sea, you know? Remember all these miracles? That was some big stuff. I mean, that was, my God. I mean, okay, part of the Red Sea, that's a big miracle. We don't. We don't hear enough about the miracles anymore. You know, there's a whole web page on Wikipedia simply about Jesus's miracles. So there is some documentation about that, thank God, because, you know, miracles occur. We need to keep track of them. Jesus did a lot of them. I mean, he walked on water. Let's not forget that. I mean, that's not just, this is not a still from a Vegas show, folks. This is an actual photo of Jesus walking on water. Miracle, right? And this is, this is pretty impressive. He also turned water into wine. This is a miracle. We, we, we acknowledge this. In fact, it's kind of taught in uh, Sunday schools. It's kind of part of the culture and the lexicon. So all these miracles, even talking, I guess, is that Moses? Who was that? Someone talked to a burning bush, you know, which frankly, if you've ever had mushrooms, it's not that difficult to do. But in a spiritual say, I guess that was a miracle or maybe the bush kept burning. I don't know exactly what the story was. Point was, it was a miracle. Big miracles. You remember all those. And thank you, Mary Aline. Thank you, Regina. We are so appreciative of the miracle of trade. You know, you're able to support me from the US, from, from uh, Jolly Old England, support the Iron Center UK. So thank you for that. And please keep them coming. Um, all these miracles. Well, do you remember this one? This, you know, we've heard about the, 
walking on water and uh, water into wine. Does anyone remember this miracle? This to me was a pretty big miracle. Am I the only one? This might seem like a strange device to the Gen Zers or whatever out there. This, anyone remember this? This was a major miracle in my life. This was my family's 1984 answering machine. And thank you, Robert, for your contribution, your financial contribution, your participation. You probably, something tells me, Robert, you remember this as well. This was my family's 1984 answering machine. It was a Panasonic Instamatic. I guess it's called Instamatic. Was that an easy phone, not Instamatic, easy phone. This, this was a miracle. This was our 1984 answering miracle. It seems almost impossible to imagine now. But before this call, before the, excuse me, before this machine, you were always basically waiting by the phone to see if someone called. Someone said, well, I'll call you. And you kind of waited because, you know, that was a, wasn't a big part of life. But I remember you were kind of, you had no idea if someone even had called before. All of a sudden that was done. Waiting by the phone with somebody, you didn't have to do that anymore. Same thing with wondering if the person had called. I mean, this was a, this was a thing and this wasn't, this isn't like in the 1800s back with the black and white movies. This is, this happened in the eighties. You, you weren't sure if someone had even called or not before. Think uh, that all of a sudden was gone. And, you know, I'm using miracle very seriously here. I'm not ripping it from mysticism. I'm using it as the mystics should be using it. When that, my dad brought home that answering machine. Life would, was never going to be the same again. Life as I knew it, my life, even as a seven-year-old kid, was never going to be the same again. And it was, it was a holy experience. It was something that, it was amazing. Because from that point on, I, you know, a great, huge values as a living being were available to me that weren't available before. I'm going to give you another example. Now, I might be dating myself here a little bit, and this might be a little, uh, I don't know, US-centric. Uh, let me ask our producer. Yes, did you have different strokes in the United Kingdom? No? Well, uh, there was a show in the 80s in the US called Different Strokes, and it featured Conrad Bain as Mr. Drummond. He was a wealthy businessman. And if you remember the show at all, it's very influential on me, obviously. Mr. Drummond had a chauffeur. How did they show that Mr. Drummond was wealthy? Mr. Drummond, he was wealthy, lived on Park Avenue. He had a chauffeur. That was kind of, I don't want to say the litmus test, but that was the best way they could indicate. And look at that chauffeur, that 1978, I don't know, was that a caddy or something? But like, he had a chauffeur. And when he went and picked up Arnold and Willis at the projects and he brought them down to Park Avenue, this was the so-called money shot. The chauffeur was the, 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 the high, I don't say the height, but it was like a unbelievable value. What was the idea of the chauffeur? Believe me, I'm bringing this back down to miracles. Don't worry. The idea of the chauffeur was that, well, only a millionaire, this is how people were thinking in the 70s, only a millionaire would have his own driver. You know, like, oh, us everyday folks, we could never have our own driver. Uh, only, only Mr. Drummond. I mean, it was a fantasy to have your own driver back then. And public transit, that was the thought in the 70s. Oh, we, everyday folks like us, we could have public transit. Only the, and, and I'll just remind you, thank you, Robert, for your contributions as well. Let's get some more Super Chats out there. Let's get some new Super Chats, $2, $5. We're bringing this 
interesting, unique application of Ayn Rand's objectivism to you every day, like clockwork. Um, so show a little support, $2, $5, help Rising keep this programming going. So that was the point. It was like only, only a millionaire because it had his only driver. This is what they're thinking in 1978. And along comes Uber. And all of a sudden, you are Mr. Drummond. I am Mr. Drummond. What does that mean? We all have our own driver. We all have our own chauffeur. All of a sudden, you have, you have now today what only the millionaire could have had like 20 years ago, your own private driver. Even better, you don't have to hire him full time. You just get him or her for that exact period. That is wealth creation. And I don't know where you were when you first saw Uber. I was a big cab, cab guy for all my life. And when I first saw Uber, it's like, my God, this is wealth creation. Life is never gonna be the same again. And it's exciting and it's it's holy. I mean, what what is more, that's, that's the idea of like, Jesus walking on water, I don't know if he did it or not. My sense is probably not, but I still think Uber is cooler, even if he did walk on water. I mean, these are miracles on earth. We, these are miracles right in front of our eyes. And who should we be praising here? The gods? Is that who we should be thanking for these miracles? Is that who's responsible for these miracles? The gods, I guess, have always been here. So how come we just got Uber in 2008? I mean, who? No, we're not. The, God, the gods, put that one in big scare quotes, have nothing to do with that. It's man. I mean, I understand now, and this is my own interpretation, not seeing a lot of super chats out there. It's tough. It's tough. You know, you'd think in all the work put into these presentations and very dry in the super chats. So if they are of value to you, now's a good time. Thank you, Marilene. Once again, let's see some new faces, $2, $4. If you're a lurker, help us, help us keep the lights going. But it's the free creative mind that does it. At least, you know, Uber isn't, or Twitter, for example, it's not like this intrinsic value that's just out there. It has to, it has to, someone has to come up with it. Someone has to see what's out there, change it around, build on it, you know, spin it in a new way, create something new. And only a free creative mind can do that. And I stress free. Only for you, and Ms. Rand talks about this. This is from the anti-industrial revolution. The mind is an attribute of the individual and it does not work under orders, controls, and compulsion. Uh, I'm sorry. Progress cannot be planted by the government. It cannot be restricted or retarded. It can only be stopped. And every status government, as every status government has demonstrated. And, you know, there's just so many as usual, real world examples. Miss Rand studied history, so she knew, knew a lot of it examples even before, oh, I don't know, let's say North Korea. But, you know, what is North Korea, if you want to kind of continue on our theme today, tonight, it's like a miracle-free zone. There are no miracles in North Korea. There's not even lights and running water. There is, you know, and this is what happens when the man's mind is destroyed, retarded, uh, negated, enslaved, you don't even have lights. You don't have lights. You don't have heat. You don't have life. Look at the difference now. This is from the, the BBC. Thank you. Thank you, BBC. Look at the difference in life expectancy between North and South Korea. I mean, this isn't just theoretical. When we talk about the value of a philosophy, it's not just, 
oh yeah, oh, philosophy, man. And then you go out and live your life. The philosophy determines your life. It determines your success. It determines literally your life expectancy. And this is a great one too from, from, uh, from the New York Times a couple of years ago now, GDP per capita in North and South Korea. Now it's not that the water is so much different in South Korea than North Korea, that the, somehow the climate there that causes this, it's the ideas, it's the philosophy. And with bad philosophy, it's like a, it's a miracle-free zone. And that's what North Korea is. Uh, demonstrating once again, I think what Ayn Rand, in, for me at least, objectivism always stresses is that, you know, ideas are what move the world, not natural resources, ideas. That's what moves the world. So delving in a bit more to our theme today, and thank you for all the super chats from Mary Lane. Um, delving back into our theme today of miracle, you know, most of the most of the definitions are um, mystic. You know, there's something about a, a divine, even this first one here. But I like the second two, because I consider miracle, I think we should reclaim it as man-made miracles. It's a highly improbable or extraordinary, extraordinary event. It brings welcome consequences. It's an, i.e. an amazing product or achievement or an outstanding example of something made by man. Let's not just give miracle up to a non-existent Zeus God or Santa Claus. Men make miracles. Men are, you know, they're making them and giving to us for sale right now. Um, and to just to give you an example why I'm so amazed by it, as I said, I, I don't think I'm such an old person, but um, I remember this ad campaign. It's kind of famous now, but I thought we'd run through it very quickly. In 1993, now, I don't know if it's kind of hard to get inside a 1993 mindset, but 1993 is analog. Things are complete. Everything is analog. You are listening to things on tape, on record even, there's, everything is analog. I, I it just, there's no kind of digital and there's, there's no internet. There literally is no internet. And um, I wanna make sure I'm sharing the sound because that's very important here. So I'm just gonna try it one more time. Oh, good, I am sharing sound. Um, this was AT&T's uh, ad campaign, You Will promising in 1993 what the future would look like. Have you ever borrowed a book from thousands of miles away across the country without stopping for directions or sent someone a fax from the beach? Will. And the company that'll bring it to you, AT and T. I, I just say I get a little. I actually get a, it's Tom Selleck. If anyone knows who's doing the voiceover there, just like FYI. But I get a little teary-eyed when I hear that because there's something so optimistic, and maybe it's because I was alive in 1993, and those things were amazing at the time. This idea that you could send a fax from the beach or borrowed a book from thousands of miles away and like it happened. I mean, I'm telling you, this has been a miracle in my lifetime. Ever borrowed a book from thousands of miles away? Uh, yeah, 
There's millions of people doing it right now for not much money at all, even free on something called Kindle, which was like, you couldn't have thought of it back then. I mean, look, even look how they just, look how the, the engineers or the designers thought about it. They thought you'd have a big screen and then a picture of a book. They couldn't have imagined, oh yeah, there's gonna be this thing called, that is a miracle, give it up for this. I mean, this is amazing. This is something that in 1993, we're talking about, oh, can you imagine? It happened, it happened thanks to man, thanks to evil tech monopolists, thanks to greedy businessmen, thanks to venture capitalists and stock investors and you know buyout firms. I mean, this, it happened. Have you ever crossed the country without stopping for directions? Anyone else remember um, having to stop at the gas station and be like, the turn, was it this one or that one? Or you had a map and you were like, you know, I mean, this wasn't that long ago. And in 1993, it seemed like, you know, one day, maybe you will cross the country. And now we have something called Waze and others, which is that miracle come to life right in front of us. And we just, we can't lose sight of it. And when someone says the miracles, I mean, water into wine. Okay, but Waze, I mean, it's a, it's a miracle. This was my favorite probably because some of our younger viewers probably have even no memory of what a fax was is. Have you ever sent someone a fax from the beach? And in 1993, it was like, can you imagine? Now, of course, it's funny because like you thought you'd still have to have a fax, but we, what we didn't know then is that we, we would have a fax, but now it's called a PDF. And yes, you'd be sending them from the beach. You'd be sending them from your, you'd be sending them from the tub. You'd be sending them from everywhere. And I just, it's something that if it doesn't bring some tears to your eyes, thank you, Daniel, so much. And thank you, Chandler. Chandler says, Chandler says, not a lurker, but definitely a plebe. Thank you for this professional presentation. Thank you for being a plebe. I mean, we're, we're all students of objectivism. We are none of, well, we have some experts on the channel, but I'm certainly a student of objectivism. I've been studying it for 20 some years and my life gets better the more I study it and it excites me. It makes my life more interesting, more valuable. And I'm, I'm happy to be able to share some of this and you're helping us do it with those contributions, $5 at a time. It really goes a long way and it. It says a lot to Rozzy in jolly old England, AKA United Kingdom, um, that he should keep going. So it's spiritual ammunition and currency as well. So thank you Chandler and thank you Daniel and thank you Mary Eileen as well. So yes, we ended up sending someone facts from the beach. So I'm gonna share one more of AT&T's commercials and I, encourage you to go check them all out because they're so optimistic. And when you think now they're like 30 years ago, right? 20, 30 years ago. And they came true, not because of Vishnu, what is his name? God or Muhammad or Nick, because of man, watch this. Have you ever watched the movie you wanted to? The minute you wanted to learn special things. That's all taken from jazz. Know any questions from faraway places? Oakland. So where did jazz come from? Good question. Or tucked your baby in from a phone booth. You will. And the company that'll bring it to you, AT&T. The irony is that, as a side note, AT&T really didn't bring it to you. I mean, they helped, but they're, they're, 
we don't think of AT&T as being necessarily, you know, the big leading communications concern now, but talk about prophetic and optimistic and believing in technology and man and the future. In 1993, I mean, look at, look at that screen. Ever watch the movie you wanted to, the minute you wanted to? You don't remember it, but in 1993, you were going and standing in line, line to get tickets. There wasn't even really buying tickets. There was no online buying tickets. You waited in line to get tickets. You stood in line at a movie like everyone else. There was no choice. I mean, there was VHS rentals at the time, but the, you know, this was the stuff of fantasy. And of course now Netflix and chill is so commonplace that it's like it's part of the everyday vernacular. That's a miracle. It was a pipe dream 30 years ago and man made it happen. The, the, the commercial posits ever learned special things from faraway places. And we see, you know, a teacher and a young man is asking him, you know, well, how did this happen? And it, like that seemed impossible. Even video networking back then in the early nineties was, I, I remember it existing, but it was very expensive. It was kind of shoddy, maybe some corporations and Air Force One did it, but certainly not this idea that you could, oh, you could take a class from anyone here or there. And look at now, look at now. You, we as supporters of the Ayn Rand Center UK have Harry Binswanger every day, or excuse me, every week live with an original broadcast. Harry Binswanger knew Ayn Rand, worked with Ayn Rand, published with Ayn Rand, was with Ayn Rand at her, in the last years of her life, and has this amazing resource to bring to us about objectivism. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> I consider him to be the most knowledgeable, my, among the most knowledgeable voices. So you can be that young man now learning from Harry Binswanger thanks to this miracle. So it came true. And then have you ever tucked your baby in from a phone booth? Again, they didn't exactly get it right because they still thought, oh, I'm going to need a phone booth. They couldn't have imagined. No, you're going to have that phone booth on your phone, something that didn't even exist back then. So these miracles happen and it's just so exciting to watch. It makes you realize and think, boy, I can't even imagine what can come next. I can't imagine it. I could not have imagined these miracles. They seemed like pipe dreams back then. But the point to keep in mind is that God doesn't make miracles. Man does. Man and man's creative, independent thinking mind. And if you want to see it, watch this. If you want to see a miracle right here, right now, today, watch this. Which helps with attitude control. Page one. was as smooth as I'd seen it. Uh, we had phenomenal shots all the way through the landing burn. You heard the sonic booms. This booster has yeah. landed for the eighth. Which helps with attitude you have, control. You have innovators, entrepreneurs, business people. I mean, what would Rand say? I can only imagine. You know, she saw, was it Apollo 8 or Apollo 11? Someone will correct me in the chat. Go up. One of the Apollo missions. Read her words about how moved she was by that. How could she possibly imagine? How can we possibly imagine the spectacle of a rocket going up, launching, and then coming back down and landing itself right where it took off? How many times have you gone to the mall and you can't remember where you parked your car? 
You walk down, oh, is it in this space? And this Man has built a rocket that can land itself like down to a couple feet. That is a miracle. And as Rand writes in Philosophy Who Needs It, the power to rearrange the combinations of natural elements is the only creative power man possesses. It is an enormous and glorious power. And it is the only meaning of the concept creative. Man's imagination is nothing more than the ability to rearrange the things he has observed in reality. And that I think is the major miracle on earth as these prime movers come along and they imagine something and we've seen so many examples today and they make that miracle happen. They sell it to us for not that much money and our lives are so much better off as a result. So become a member, make that miracle happen if you will. Turn someone on, turn yourself on, learn more about objectivism, see how much ideas matter in terms of changing your life, betting your life. Um, now's the time to continue that education. We're all doing it together. We're students of philosophy and you're facilitating it. Every $5, every five euros, every membership that allows Razi to have some reoccurring income so we can put on these live speeches, put on these live events, bring in this programming. Um, it, it, it goes a long way. So please do that. Take this time, kick us $5, kick us five pounds, kick us five euros. I mean, look, the dollar is getting stronger. So the shekels or whatever is a good, it's a good opportunity to arbitrage, if you will, your, your support, but we need it. We need two or $3 a show. You know, Rosie has a goal of a couple hundred dollars per show and we need it to get, to keep the lights on and keep the programming coming. So take this opportunity to do it. Thank you, Mary Lean, once again. And as she says, click the like button. I mean, I'm taking this personally. It's almost like you don't like me. Now I'm not a second hander, but I put on a clean shirt for you fucks. I'm kidding, that's a joke. Point is, is that we're students of objectivism and we need your help to keep this going. And I'll just point out that in the old days, people used to have to, if they were interested in objectivism, they'd have to either write away or send away for tapes or eight tracks. I don't think eight tracks, certainly tapes or records, which were extraordinarily expensive, or they had to go to someone's house for like a listening party where they all sat and listened. So we are bringing you this, I think, pretty interesting, compelling programming, often as they say, ripped from the headlines for you know, a couple bucks a week, a couple bucks a month to share it and make us part of your media diet and make us part of your trader principle. You know, you're getting it for free, you're listening for free. And um, if it's five or 10 or $15 a month, that would go a long way towards helping us keeping the fires burning and burning even brighter. We've got so much to do. The political situation in America is basically a cesspool. Do you remember Newton Minow's famous line that television is a cesspool? Well, television's great now. It's just politics out of the cesspool, but politics, which I know so many of our viewers and listeners are interested in, it is downstream of philosophy. I mean, how can you have good politics? Thank you, Robert, towards the dry, dry cleaning clean shirts. Good, well, appreciate it. I won't show you the soy sauce stains on this one. You know, how can you have good politics if every time any entrepreneur makes money, the first thought is, well, he really should give some of that away. I mean, even in my, some of my experiences on Fox Business and Fox News and kind of the so-called mainstream media, you know, uh, entrepreneurs are only cherished if they're giving their money away. It's, it's not the making it. Oh, that's kind of dirty. So we're trying to spread the right philosophy and we're doing it one contribution at a time. So thank you to all who did that 
Thank you to all who supported us today, who make us part of your daily media diet. We'll be back here. What's coming up? Wait, is there something coming up? I'm sure because there's always something coming up. Um, well, there's a, I'll just say this. There's always something coming up. So stay tuned. That's most important. And Regina, thank you for that extraordinarily generous contribution. She says, I'm amazing. You're amazing because you're 20 pounds, extraordinarily generous and helps Rozzy do what he's doing. Rozzy goes into pubs with a stacks of Alice Shrug under his arm to like three or four or five people, sometimes 20 people. And he gets up and he talks about these ideas. He talks about how he's changed his life and he's met with mystics. He's met with Christians and hostile crowds and non-hostile crowds. So Rozzy is um, making this happen, kind of one convert at a time. He's bringing me, he's bringing Mark Pellegrino. Mark is a real working actor. He's on film sets. Rozzy's kind of shoehorned him into participating. Harry Binswanger, these are kind of busy, successful professionals, intellectuals. Rozzy is a producer. He's a creator. He's bringing this all together. He's created something and he needs you to support him. So thank you, Regina, for helping us do that. Now, coming up tonight, that's what I'm saying. It's like a network. I mean, in the old days, you had to turn on friggin' different strokes. There was nothing good on TV. Coming up at 8.30 p.m. UK time, UK time tonight, it's discussing Ayn Rand's essays, which is really good because even if people say, oh, I read Ayn Rand, selfishness, I know it all. It's like, what are you talking about? There's, there is so much Ayn Rand wrote on so many issues from, I mean, I, 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 on every issue. I just saw so many issues. So at 8.30 tonight, UK, discussing Ayn Rand's essays, and then it's going to be the new fascism ruled by consensus, which is a great discussion, especially since you hear the term fascism. Now, everyone's a fascist. It's like it's become this catch-all of like, you're a fascist. No, you're a fascist. So Ayn Rand had a definition of what fascism is. She explained it in great detail in this essay. So tune in tonight at 8.30 p.m. UK and, and learn a lot more about it and understand a lot more about it. And um, Artful Tuesday, we're going to have Paul Revere's ride by Henry Wad Wadsworth Longfellow. That's gonna be on Artful Tuesday, which is after discussing Ayn Rand's essays. And I'll just say that too, there's this whole element of objectivism of Miss Rand's aesthetics, her aesthetics, her aesthetic, her aesthetics within her philosophy. It's new, it's exciting, it is completely integrated into the rest. And I'm still learning about it and loving it. And exploring it and thinking, well, how do I think about this? And what is, so tune into this, tune into the Artful Tuesdays and explore everything about Miss Rand's philosophy, not just the politics, not just the tribalism, not just Miss Rand's, but, you know, kind of learn, there's so much to learn with objectivism. That's what we're really trying to do. We're bringing you all of it and we're doing it with your support. Yes, she did write a very romantic manifesto. But thank you for being with here. Stay tuned. We used to say in the old days, no clicking, no clicking. Bookmark us, share us, support us. Keep involved with what we're doing because we're building a community of students of objectivism who are learning about Ms. Rand's ideas, applying them to modern day life and living better lives in the process. So thank you for being with me. Thank you for the super chatters. You were, you were generous, but we need you to be more generous. We need you to tell a friend, turn a friend on and see us back here, same time same channel tomorrow and later tonight for more with the Iron Center UK. Be well and best premises.